I have to lead off with another apology. I am sorry about not recording a show Friday. It was not planned. I meant to do a show, especially after recording on Christmas. I said I was going to make a point to do one for Thursday because I promised I would be back on Thursday. And then I totally broke my promise on Friday. No one's perfect. I'm not giving excuses. I apologize. I try to do exactly what I say, but sometimes things come up. I had a lot of family stuff. And then also I had one of my companies had our first event. So I'll talk about in a little bit to give you an example for 250 making 250 of what I'm doing. Maybe you guys can do something similar or think of ways that you can, you know, tweak it for your own advantage where you live, your skills, all that stuff. So we'll talk about that more as well. So we'll try to turn my broken promise into a positive for this show. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I am just enjoying taking most a time off. I'm working some here and there, like I mentioned earlier, but for the most part, I'm taking a load off for the last two weeks. And it's just been a nice not having to travel for those times off. Um, so that's been really great. Welcome to how to build a tent. My name is Matt Williams. Thank you for listening to the show at the end of the year where listenership sometimes dwindles, but man, let me tell you, I am getting such an amazing response and feedback from 250 making 250 by far the most feedback I've gotten with people excited people wanting to start a side business, to start a whole business and seeing how it goes. And I've been getting a lot of great feedback, questions, all that stuff is so good. If you want to reach out to me, you can email me, matt at howtobuildattend.com or you can find me on all the social media sites. One thing I wanted to tell you though, or at least like make clear, because I was getting this from some of the people are emailing, like I want to enroll in this program. I want to be part of the 250. Like I'm not doing anything official. <laughs> like where I'm like keeping a list. I would love to hear about it. I'd love for you to be part of it. But like if we get 251, I'm not rejecting that one after it. Um, I just want to, I want, I would love to hear personally. It's my goal. It's not like some special program. I hope you all do it. But I would, my personal goal is for you or a family coming together and getting to 250 people to make $250 a month. So that's my goal. It's not like something you have to apply for. It's nothing that you're going to, you know, by the luck of the draw, get in. If we get 500 people doing this, making $500 a month or a 250 a month, even, uh, that will be great. I'm just excited to hear the feedback. People wanting to do something. There's some fear. There's some trepidation, intimidation, and that's all natural. And, uh, we'll get to that in a second, but we're part of the fight, laugh, feast network. Go over to flfnetwork.com, fightlaughfeast.com, put in how to build 10, the drop down, and you'll get a mug, which I didn't pull out beforehand. Let me Turn it around for the cameras. This mug right here, how to build a tent. 15 ounces of holding your coffee. Had some more subscribers this month. I believe when we're coming out, what we're gonna come this this show's gonna come out on the 30th. If you can subscribe by the end of this month, you still get a month free. So subscribe, get that month free, get the mug, and come and help support us to proclaim the Lordship of Jesus in every area of life. If you look at all the things that we're doing, the things that are being rolled out. It's uh, just amazing what God is doing, and you get to be part of that. So go over to fightlaughfeast.com, put in HGBT in the dropdown, and you'll get the mug, and you'll get tons of other great network benefits as well. You get tons of show content and all that good stuff. For Oh, and just as program side note, for those of you that listen to Reform Jellical with A.D. Robles and myself, we're going to have David on that show. I'm going to be talking about, again, we're going to be talking about his um, documentary, By What Standard?, and also, I'm going to get his feedback on other stuff, too. So he's just going to be part of the show. I haven't even really told him that. So uh, he doesn't know that he's just going to be part of the whole show. It's not going to just be an interview for himself. So it's going to be fun. 
check out Reform Jellical. If you haven't already, that's a really great show. AD and I have a really great time for it. So I was telling, uh, when was it? Friday. No, Thursday, because I recorded the day before. We were having a, an event right after Christmas for the Taco Guy. And Taco Guy is basically a personal catering company that we take a grill and we get all of the salsa, we get all of the taco bar and we get the meats and we go and we cook all the stuff right there at your party for people to watch, to see, to smell. And in California, it's really common. We have a lot of individuals that have a taco guy, quote unquote, for parties. And you go and you pay a certain amount per person. There's a minimum. And instead of getting like Costco pizza or worrying about catering some other way, it's just a really affordable way to not worry about food. And it's great food. Everyone loves tacos and they're delicious. They're authentic. I'm not just talking about mine. I'm just saying like even the taco guys in California and in Florida, it's a lot more Tex-Mex, which I'm not a fan of. And I've probably even talked about this a little bit before. And there's not so many Mexican people here. It's more of the Latinos, especially Southern South, South Florida, Cuban food. There's a lot of Cuban food in central Florida too. And like Puerto Rican and all that stuff. So not that much Mexican. So there wasn't really this taco guy that we had in California. And so being an entrepreneur who loves starting companies, having experience with that, I partner with someone who does cooking, who is my neighbor actually, happens to be Mexican, not that he needed to be, but it has a place where he goes, he knows where they get all the freshest ingredients and he can make really good authentic Mexican food. He makes killer salsas too. And we started the business. And this is just an example. I had knowledge of a business model that worked. I saw a need in the area that I'm in right now. And I applied what I saw in another location here in Florida and providing a service of cooking food for parties and it was, and it's already catching. It's been a success. People love the idea. It's affordable. It's, I know the niche I'm going after. I'm going off, going after affordable, easy, casual kind of parties. And we might roll out to street fairs and do those kinds of things as well. And I just took something I knew, took something that there was a need for, and I just started. I didn't have all the answers, but I learned as I went. I didn't need to fear and figure out like every single possible situation and have a solution for every possible thing. It's a great business because it doesn't have high overhead. I don't have a physical location, which means that I don't have to worry about electricity. I don't have to you know rent or buying a building, leasing a property, whatever it is. I don't have to worry about all that overhead. And that's something you're going to want to think about as well. You're going to want to make sure that you can afford to uh, or start a company that you can afford the long, the runway for that is all the expenses that you're going to have. Can you do it for a sustainable amount of time for your company to take off? And when you have low overhead, when you don't have rent, when you're able to do it without, you know, electricity and all the water and all of those things, well, then you're going to have a longer runway because it's affordable. Like we only have cost. If we have the initial cost of the, the grill you know, the cooking utensils and those kinds of things, insurance, filing in the company. But other than that, if we're not having a party where there's no more cost because we don't, we don't go and buy the food until the party is there. So I'm not, we don't like lose sleep over not getting enough sales in a month 
because we don't have all those overhead costs hanging over. So that's something you want to think about as well. But anyway, so we did our first event. It was really exciting. And it's really cool because there's somebody at that event that works for a larger network in Florida and they are kind of interested too. So we might have some bigger parties to roll out and do as well. So it builds on and on itself. That's the thing. If you can do a quality product or if you really nail the niche you're trying to go after, that is you have a brand that communicates it and that people know what you're trying to do and then you execute it on it, then you're going to get more referrals. You're going to get more sales and um, you're going to have a greater chance of marketing um, by word of mouth. And what I mean is, it's like when you have a brand that you're a cheap brand, there's nothing wrong with being a cheap brand. But if you're known for that and you have the cheapest brand, then people are going to respond to that. But if you're like branding yourself as high end, but you have cheap products, then there's going to be something there that's not going to help with people understanding what you're doing. You're going to be, you're not going to have that word of mouth and it's not going to help with referring people. So that's something to think about as well. But one of the things I wanted to really talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things I really wanted to talk about from hearing from people. And it was really cool because I was talking with a few people at church and then some other places uh, the last week, you know, holidays and people, you see people you don't really see regularly and all that stuff. Um, they were like, oh, you do a podcast? I forgot how it came up a lot of the ways. And I was talking to them. Yeah, we're doing this thing. I get geared towards business and helping people be successful. And I'm doing this one thing I'm really excited about 250, making 250. And I explained to them what it was like I did earlier in the show. And they're like, yeah, man, I would love to do that. Like, so how do you do it? Like, how do you start a side hustle? How do you start a side business? And it was funny because that question didn't just come from what you would think of as quote unquote uneducated, that is no college degrees. It didn't come from blue collar workers only, but people with degrees, people with finance degrees, people with business degrees, people in white collar jobs, people that are in the business of helping businesses solve pro problems at a larger scale. I mean, some pretty big companies and they, they all had this, uh, all people from all those different walks of life had the same questions of like, so wh what can I do? Like, how can I start a side hustle? And then there was another one. It was, Oh man, I can't, I just, I, I feel so insecure. I can't expose myself to it. I couldn't, I couldn't start this company and do what I'm passionate about and do what I love and then have not, not have people buy it. Like I couldn't face that rejection. I'm very scared. I'm fearful. I'm, I'm not sure if I could handle the rejection of starting my company, doing this thing. I love this passion, this hobby, whatever it is, cooking, photography. What else did I hear it from? Uh, and just uh, all these different things. And they were scared that they weren't. And so they had this insecurity. And so I want to talk about these a few things first. And I want to start with the security. So how do you not be insecure when you're doing a startup? You have an idea you want to roll out, a side hustle. Maybe you're pitching a new idea in your company. How do you do this and deal with failure? How do you, what if you, like, how do you deal with that fear of people aren't going to like it? People aren't going to appreciate all this time and effort I'm pouring into this. People are going to reject it. How do you deal with that? And it's really simple. It's really hard, but it's really simple. So just like most things in life, right? There's simple solutions, but they're very difficult to execute. And it's very simple. You don't find your identity in your work. You don't find your identity in the startup. You don't find your identity in your hobby, in your project, in your side hustle. Let's just take photography. 
if you're taking pictures, they may be great. Some of them might not be. So a lot of people are going to like them. A lot of people are not going to like your specific photograph or your photo. Most people aren't going to buy them at first. And this is true about a lot of things. Food. You can take the taco guy industry. Some people are going to like the idea of having tacos in your backyard. Some of them are not. Some of them are going to like the idea of catering taco guy coming in. Some are not. Some are not going to like tacos. Some of them are not going to like my specific tacos. But because I don't find my identity in photography, I don't find my identity in the taco guy in my catering business. I don't find my identity in this podcast either. So I can do a podcast like I can roll out a business podcast with from the cross politic, political, religious reformed view. And I can come up with this business podcast and be the first show on the network, quote unquote. And I don't have to worry and fear that no one's going to listen because it's not my identity is not in this podcast. I love it. God's using it. It's great. I don't ever want to stop. But if you don't like my podcast, I don't think you don't like me. You may not like me or I don't feel like I've lost the value as a person because you don't listen to my podcast because you don't share my podcast because you're not going to want to be part of the 250 making 250. I mean, if I found my identity in this podcast, if I found my identity in my ideas, then I would be too scared to do this 250 making 250. And you know the sounds, you know what it sounds like when you have these fears. That's stupid. No one, you're not going to get 250 people that want to do this. You're not going to get anybody. They're going to laugh at you. People are going to stop watching the show. You're going to realize how stupid you, like, do these thoughts sound familiar to you? And they should, because these thoughts go through most people's mind, especially entrepreneurs, especially people that come up with good ideas. There is always that fear in the back of your mind that you're crazy. And sometimes you are, or that people aren't going to like it. And sometimes they don't, or it's not going to work. And a lot of times it doesn't, but it's okay because our identity should be put in Christ. And if our identity is in Christ, who we are is who he says we are, not what we do, not our good or bad ideas, not if a certain amount of people like them and can identify with them and be part of it. Not that a certain amount of people watch this podcast. It's in none of that. And it should be freeing. And that is the only way that you're not going to be insecure about your startup, your side hustle, and those ideas. And a lot of ways, I love that because it reveals to us where we do have our identity. If you wouldn't think about exposing yourself to people by starting a business, selling your art, your craft, your you know cooking, whatever it is, and then you think about it and then you realize you're insecure about it, Maybe it's a good way to, for God to work in your life to open you up to, hey, even if you don't do this business, even if you don't try to sell it, you need to get your identity out of that anyways. So that's how you do not become insecure about your stuff and the way you can step forward. And that's another way too that you don't have to have fear. You don't have to be scared because all those things that you're, feared of, you're fearful of, it's not going to work out. I don't know what I'm doing. All of those things can be overcome. There's ways you can pivot there's things you can learn, you can educate yourself, you can ask people, you can have mentors. I'm, I'm not going to have enough money. Well, there's ways that you can start cheaply. There's ways that you can just start incrementally and you can build on it. There's tons of things that you can do and you don't have to have all the answers right away. And if you fail, it's okay. Your identity is not in your business. So those were some of the things that uh, I heard from a negative perspective from it. 
not that they didn't want to do it, but they wanted to do it, but they were scared and it was kind of like they were hesitant. And I'm sure there are some people out there like that as well that haven't reached out to me. And so I wanted you to really just take comfort in that one is those feelings and emotions are normal. They're not unusual. You're not alone. That insecurity, that exposure that it feels like, oh, if someone doesn't like my idea, if someone doesn't like my business, like they're, they're judging me. It's just not so. And so I want that to be encouragement to you. And the second thing is, again, I, I hear this and I kind of talked about it a little bit before, but it's worth noting again, is when you're thinking of ideas and you don't know what to do, well, you first, just write a list. There's, I mean, there's tons of things you can do. You can write a list of your skills, things you enjoy. Maybe it's something you don't even know how to do. Maybe the first step is going out and learning a skill that you think you'd like. Maybe it's computer programming. Maybe it's photography. Maybe it's a podcast. Maybe it's writing a book. Maybe it's writing a short story. Like there's tons of, maybe it's cooking. Maybe you're maybe like, oh man, hey, I could make tacos. If you're not in Florida, I'm just kidding. If you're in Florida too, you could do it. You can say, hey, I'll try that. I'd love to be a personal chef. Or I'd love to start a business and hire people to be personal chefs and do this. Then learn and do it. And the second thing is, is you look at the needs and you look at how you can match your skills with a need that's not being met. And that doesn't mean that there is no catering companies in your area, but maybe there's no low-end catering companies in your area. Maybe there's no high-end catering companies in your area. Maybe there's no Italian catering companies or Italian restaurants or Cuban restaurants or whatever it is. And look for how you can provide value and meet a need in an area, finding a customer, a target demographic that could benefit and want to give you money for your skills and what you're good at, what your hobbies are at. And that's how you start to think about what you can do and how you can start. Don't find your identity in these things. Don't find your identity in your business and anything else but Christ. And figure out what you can do. Figure out what your business you should start by matching your skills, matching what you're good at, what you're passionate about with a need that you can meet and provide value for. So remember, demand is the ability and willingness to buy. The ability comes from affordability and making sure that your prices, you can provide a product for profitable amounts, for a profitable margin that other people can afford. Even if it's high end, that means less people are gonna be able to afford it, but still someone's gonna be able to afford it enough to make you wanna go into business. And secondly, they want to buy it. They want to buy your service. They want to buy your product, food, financial information, homeschooling recommendations, whatever it is, and they want to buy it. Demand comes from the willingness and the ability to buy. So those are the ways that you need to be thinking about getting started as we start this next year. If you have any questions, comments, feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to help. I'd love to hear from you. Even if it's, I'm just doing it. I don't need your help. I know more than you about business. I just want you to know that you motivated me and we're doing it. 250, making 250. It's a really easy goal. I mean, if you have a $10 product or service you sell for $10, you just need to sell 25 of them a month. In the internet age, that's doable, guys. So why not just start and see? You don't have to retire in you know five years like all those YouTube ad ads. You don't have to be a millionaire from this. But even if you could just make 250 a month, isn't that helpful for next Christmas? Wouldn't that be beneficial to have that? And so let's just start trying. Let's overcome our fears. 
Let's take our identity out of anything but Christ. And let's start thinking about what do we do well? What do I want to do well? What do I enjoy? And how can I make that and structure that and fit it into a need, into a marketplace to find target customers? And we'll talk about customers more because that's kind of important. We'll talk about pricing more because that's really difficult and important. And we'll talk about so much more this year to come. I'm really excited. Thank you for all those who've reached out for the 250 Making 250. And we will talk to you next time. God bless.